It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And welcome back in our number two of the program here on Monday. And of course, it's all about you at 508-996-0500. Or hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app. I had mentioned at the beginning of the program, uh, the encounter I had on, on Route 240 this morning where the car next to me, it had to have been the car next to me that was emitting this odor because it didn't come out of my car. Uh, I had the heat running in my car, and of course, anytime I smell anything coming into my vehicle, I immediately turn up the heat full blast, see if it's coming from the engine, and uh, try to sniff as much as I can in the car because, you know, uh, there's a lot of different things that can go wrong in the car, but I've learned most of the car smells over the years because I've had so many car problems. So I know I know what it smells like when you're burning the clutch. I know what it smells like when uh, the radiator goes. I know what it smells like when you've got a belt that's got... I mean, I know it all. The electrical smell. Uh, the time that my Volkswagen Fox dashboard was melted because my friend decided... While I left him in the car while I ran in somewhere that he was going to rewire my stereo for some reason, which I don't understand. It was working fine. Later on that night, I'm on a date. We're sitting in the car listening to music and what's that smell? It smells it smells electrical. Why is it, why are there flames coming out of the vents? And uh, he had caused the all the wiring in my Volkswagen Fox to melt into one. All the dashboard wiring had melted into one giant melted plastic copper pile of wires. And I loved that car. But it would have been thousands of dollars to have it all rewired. And I only paid like $1,000 for the car. So, But man, did I love that car. Really messed up my dad the first time he went in to drive it because it was standard shift. But when you go to go into reverse, it didn't have it like the sixth gear like normal. You had to push down and pop in the first gear. And he couldn't figure out how to back it out of the driveway. And I felt like, oh, oh, dad, you don't know how to do something with cars. I have to show you. Oh, but um, anyway. But this morning I had that smell that hit me. And the only thing I, I mean, it was the exact same smell as when you used to play that plastic recorder. In music class in school, then you would open it up and smell the inside of it because you'd have to, like, clean it out. You know, you'd go open it up to clean it out, and that smell would hit you. It's like a mossy kind of smell. And that was that's what was coming out of the car next to me. So it just made me ask the question, if there's a certain smell that when you smell it, you immediately equate it with certain memories, certain times in your life. And if there's any like that and you want to let me know, you can call in 508-996-0500 or hit me up on App Chat on the WBSM app. Just a just an innocuous question to put out there amongst all the important issues that we'll be talking about today, but something to think about if it, if it pops into your head. Lilacs. I always associate lilacs with them sitting on my grandmother's dining room table when I was a kid because she had a big lilac bush in the backyard 
and it's the only flower that I like. Not into flowers at all. Could couldn't care less if there's flowers in the house or you know plants or anything like that. But I do like the lilacs. And they also had a pussy willow tree, so she would often have the pussy willows in the dining room too on the on in the vase there, vase vase whatever. But she always had the pussy willows when they were out there. She'd go and break a few off and put them in there and arrange them in a nice way. And I used to like to feel how fuzzy they were. Don't really see those anymore. Can't remember the last time I saw that. Anyway. And and also, too, I I took the call that we received last week. If you remember, our friend Mary called in. And blasted me for talking about restaurants, for talking about sandwiches. Now, I I don't know if you're familiar with how radio works, but advertisers buy the commercials on the program. They buy the endorsements. They buy all kinds of things. And we have a lot of restaurants in the area, and the restaurants... Love advertising with us because it works. So that's why you hear so much about restaurants. But then I also have learned that when I write articles about it and when I talk about it on the air, people react. I've known this for a long time because I spent over 10 years as a, as a restaurant reviewer for the Standard Times. And nothing, nothing brought in emails and letters from the readers like those dine-out reviews. They are the most read thing. I don't know how it is now, but at the time they were the most read thing in the paper every week. And I could write anything I wanted about the Celtics, the Patriots, when I was covering them, or I, I actually covered the leagues at one point, covered the NFL and the NBA, so I was writing about other teams as well. I could write about any of those teams and say anything I wanted, and I, I think I maybe got five emails over the course of my career about pro sports. And they were probably all from the same guy. We have this one guy that used to call up and, and uh, used to email and rip me for things. But nothing brought in the emails and the complaints and the letters like the restaurant reviews. And certainly the biggest response I ever got was the time I made an offhand comment in a, in a column in a dine-out review where I said, and you know, it really bothers me how much restaurants charge for soda and how, how some restaurants charge for refills when I know how much an order, uh, how much a, a, a glass of soda costs to put out. And at the time, the formula was something like it was like two or three cents it cost to put out what they were charging two bucks for. And then you want a refill? That's another two bucks. Like, it's just hammering the customer unnecessarily. And that's if you're following Coca-Cola's guidelines or Pepsi's guidelines where it has to be like 70% ice. So I wrote that, and I just got killed. How much soda do you need, fat ass? Well, apparently I need two glasses because I ordered a refill. Not to mention... I wasn't exactly writing about a place that serves you a, you know, a 20-ounce glass. I was writing about a place that had the little 10-ounce glasses 
So anyway, I know that food is something that people respond to. It's something that they want to talk about. It's something that they're passionate about. And I think that it's fun to discuss. So here I am. You know, I, I went the entire weekend, didn't go to a restaurant, just so you know, because I stayed inside all weekend. So I did, didn't go to a restaurant. I just stayed inside and got DoorDash. No, I'm just kidding. But I put that call out on, you know, I put it up on social media and got a lot of, <laughs> lot of interesting responses from people. So just know that if you call in and you're ridiculous, you might become a social media viral sensation. 508-996-0500 if that doesn't scare you away. So I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around what's been going on with this, this Ward 3 issue. Obviously, we know that this press release came out from the Coalition for Social Justice on on Thursday night. Well, Marcus got it Thursday, so he sent it to me Thursday. I don't know if the Standard Times had it sooner or others, but it was very odd the way that they chose to roll this out. They, they sent it to certain members of the media. And I don't know if that was designed to, they were just trying to send it to the people that they thought were covering the election or if they were sending it to the people that they thought would be friendly to their cause or, or to their, to their approach. But it only went out to certain people. Now that now it's been covered everywhere, but, and as I said on Friday, and some callers took issue with this, but I didn't see every single one of those memes to be as egregious as they were being made out to be. But the ones that were certainly were. I'm not declining that. I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to put a damper on how people responded to that. But I, I think you know, the one about learning a skill if you want to make more money, I didn't see that as maliciously intended as others. The one where... Uh, it has the picture of Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi and likens them to Harry and Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber. I didn't see that as malicious. You know, they're like, well, that's an attack on women and progressive women. And I, I don't think it was that. And even if it was. Like they're politicians, if, he, if, if somebody wants to criticize them and call them Dumb and Dumber. That's just the nature of politics. That's the nature of being in the public eye. I'm sure there's people who have equated me to being an idiot, too. So I don't think that that's as bad as it's being made out to be. But the posts that are attacking transgender people and the transgender lifestyle are far worse and as I said, I, I think geographically I'm correct that the one place in the city that is a business geared toward folks in that demographic is in Ward 3. So you can understand why they would be concerned that they might feel like this potential ward counselor won't represent them properly, won't represent them equally, fairly. And then by default, anybody in that community 
that lives in the ward might feel the same way. And I think that that's a valid concern to have. And that's on Sean Oliver to say, I just shared these memes because, you know, it was topical at the time. And I, you know, I hadn't, and I don't know what his answer is. You know, his answer could be, you know, I've, I've looked more into the topic since then. And it's, it's far more complex than just the knee jerk reaction that I had in sharing these memes. Uh, he could say, I just thought that these were funny. So I shared them. Um, I didn't mean to hurt anybody with it. Any of these things that could be said. But instead, the response is, well, we must be doing something right if they're attacking us like this. Well, no, you did something wrong, which is why they're attacking you like this. You shared insensitive posts that directly affect people that you now are asking to vote for you, for you to represent them. And the lack of an awareness on that part is what has me concerned. Now, somebody messaged on Friday. Well, you're not going to talk about all the bad stuff Carmen Amaral ever posted. Well, maybe she did, but I haven't seen that. I'm on her public Facebook page. For her run for council, I sent her a request to her personal page. She has not accepted it. Which is fine. She doesn't have to. I don't expect her to. But I haven't seen the things on her personal page because she hasn't accepted me as a friend. But if there were things on there that were offensive to some, I would think we would have heard about it. And if they are, I would be just as quickly to condemn those as well. You know, she could put a, a, a post as, you know, being a progressive person. And I'm not saying she did this and I'm not saying she would. But as a progressive person, maybe she puts a, a a post up that bashes conservatives, that paints them all as idiots somehow. Well, I'd say, well, that's not a good idea either, because you're looking for people who are conservatives in Ward 3 to vote for you. So I, I don't know why people are so quick to dismiss this with something as simple as, oh, you people just need to toughen up. People just need to realize that a joke is a joke. Like, I'm all for uncomfortable humor. I like uncomfortable humor. But it doesn't have to be humor that makes people feel less than. There's a way that you can talk about these topics and make jokes about these topics in a way where the people it's affecting are in on the joke. Instead of just being mean-spirited and malicious with it. And this, this doesn't go just to the situation. This is a situation that has become... It's become the default argument whenever something upsets somebody. Well, it's your fault for being upset. You're soft. You're weak. You need to toughen up. Or how about you just don't make the joke to begin with because it wasn't necessary? We don't defend somebody for being an a-hole. 
Oh, no, no, no. That's just him. That's just how he is. Well, no. Be better than that. Give people the same respect that you expect them to give to you. And it's funny because all the folks who say, oh, you need to toughen up. Yeah, don't, don't get offended by everything. Will be the first people to cry when the joke is on them. That's what bullies do. 508-996-0500. Going to take a break. We'll be back in a few moments. You can also hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app. We'll be right back. No, here WBSM. Chime in. You know, I saw something the other day and kind of kind of struck me that time is passing faster than I realized it had. Coming up, I think next week or sometime next month, it will be the 30th anniversary of the release of uh, Sting's Ten Summoner's Tales album. If you like, name a song by Sting from 30 years ago. It's ah, So Lonely by the police, right? No, 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 no. Song's over 40 years old now. No, 10 Sumner's Tales will be uh, celebrating its 30th anniversary, which, uh, if you know, that's the album that had um, uh, If I Ever Lose My Faith in You, Fields of Gold, It's Probably Me, the movie that was in Lethal Weapon 3. You know, there's a lot of, lot of great songs off that album. But I think that uh, 30 years, just, it, it's, I, I wouldn't even guess 20 if you asked me to name, but, uh, you know, math, math is math. Got to go with the numbers, not with the feeling. Anyway, 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in. Or you can hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app. And we will have um, Jack Spillane in with us in the 11 o'clock hour as we will be turning on the light. Uh, Matt in Fort Polk writes, Tim, my dude, I'm listening to you from the Mideast. I wanted to let you know that Spooky South Coast is my go-to podcast for every deployment. I love that you have your own local show. You're such a local dude, and I love it. Congrats on the success, Matt. Well, Matt, thank you for being out there, and thank you for your service, and thank you for listening. And I'm glad that we have these technological ways to help you keep in touch with home out there as well. Uh, Also, let me load this up because I know that there was two messages. See, when I see it in my... my, um, in my browser window, I can only see the latest win- message from somebody. So if they sent a couple, I have to click into it to be able to read it all. Uh, so this comes from HT in New Bedford. And HT says, let me make sure I get back to the right message. 
This is, by the way, this is the person that said, you know, tell me more about how Carmen has never done anything stupid in her lifetime on, on Friday. And as I said, well, if she has, no organization has screenshotted it and put out a press release about it. And that's why we were responding to, to this one. Where is the outrage from the organization that is backing Miss Amaral for content posted by Mr. Oliver that they deem offensive with regards to the body shaming comment made by the city councilor directed towards Adam Bass? Well, I don't know that that's necessarily where they would want to invest their time in commenting. Obviously, I mean, there's no doubt that this is politically motivated. There's no doubt that they put this out so close to the election with political intentions behind it. But you can't, you're not going to expect them to comment on every situation that happens. I wouldn't expect that. And I don't think a, a rational person does either. You know who expects it? A deflective person. Somebody who doesn't want to just accept the fact that this candidate said some or posted some really stupid things and instead wants to throw around some whataboutism as a way to try to defend it. They said certainly be outing. I believe that is the term they used last week. The city councilor for the inappropriate body shaming content. I don't think that anybody's going to stand by that. I don't think that anybody's going to say the same thing that people who are defending Sean Oliver's jokes. Oh, yeah, toughen up. Toughen up, Adam Bass. Uh, first of all, for the record, Adam Bass let this just run off his back. He did not get, and if he did, he certainly hasn't given any public indication that he was upset by it. You know, as he said to Marcus on Thursday night, eh, you know, I've been called worse. But it doesn't mean that it's right. It doesn't mean that it should happen, but he's not making a big deal out of it. The rest of us are. Because first of all, unlike Adam Bass, we don't have to stay objective. And two, I can tell you that as, you know, my position here, I'm not going to let somebody pick on my reporter. So I don't know that they would want to comment on that, but if you ask the Coalition for Social Justice, I'm sure they'd say, yeah, that's wrong too. But I don't expect them to put out a press release and comment on every wrong that's ever done to anybody else as a way to justify themselves for feeling upset about Sean Oliver's comments. So nice try at deflection, but epic fail. 508-996-0500. Maybe you feel differently about that, but I, I don't I don't get the... It, that's just what it is. It's just whataboutism. It's deflection. Because, because they chose not to say something about Derek Baptiste calling Adam Bass little guy that somehow negates what they put out about Sean Oliver's posts. I saw the posts on his Facebook page. He posted them. At some point, he said to himself, that's funny. That's something that I want to share with, with the people who follow me on social media. I like this joke that belittles transgender people. I like this joke that says that, that kids should be taught to drive a truck instead of becoming transgender which I don't I don't get that argument at all although everybody should learn how to drive a standard seriously like if you don't know how to drive a stick shift you should teach yourself just in case you're ever in a position where you have to but they were there 
They're on his, and, and you know what? Not only did he feel like they were okay to post when he first posted them, but he didn't feel the need to go back and remove them when he announced himself as a candidate, nor did he feel the need to address them when it became public. And as I said the other day, I, he sent a, a, a statement to us. He sent a statement to me via Facebook Messenger. And I wrote back to him. In fact, you know what? Let me give you the exact verbiage so I'm not. Give me a second here. So he sent the statement to me. I said, thank you. And then I said, do you want to offer comment on the accusation of these memes being transphobic or homophobic? And as I said on Friday, he started typing something back. And I said, well, I'm going to take this phone call. And when we come back from the phone call, I'll read to you whatever his messages and in the course of that time he stopped sending the message and then at some point at 11:59 on friday he sent something but then unsent it so he was given a chance to walk back those comments or, or to at least clarify how he felt and he didn't take advantage of it and i'm sure every reporter that he's spoken to I know that he spoke to Arthur Hirsch of New Bedford Light. I know he spoke to Frank Mulligan of the Standard Times. I think it was Frank. It was Frank Mulligan that had this story, I believe. And he sent a message to Kate Robinson. I know she asked him the same question in response, too. So three different reporters have asked him if he wants to clarify those or, or take it back or explain why he made those comments. All of those options, and he's chosen not to. So in my mind, not only is that somebody who was insensitive for posting those things to begin with, but now he's a coward that can't stand up for the things that he posted to begin with. And that's something that you have to look at if you are voting tomorrow. I will preface this by saying, as I said Thursday, and I still believe it, I believe both candidates would do a good job for the ward. I'm a little bit more concerned now about how Sean Oliver would represent everybody. But that's only because he has not come back and said, hey, you know, despite these things that I posted, I would still be the representative for everybody. He's had that opportunity and he's chosen not to say that. So... I still think either candidate can get the job done, but now it comes down to what are you comfortable with as a voter? Are you comfortable with somebody who is, you know, admittedly more conservative who posts things like this or somebody who is progressive who has condemned these posts? And, you know, HT over here in New Bedford is going to say, well, you, what about things she might have posted? Okay. But I haven't seen that. Can only go with the information I've been given. If, if you've seen some posts from Carmen Amaral that you want to send off, I'll take a look at them. But you know what? You probably won't find them. Because I would hope that if she did have anything questionable, she'd removed it before she decided to run for office. And if she didn't do it then, she definitely would have done it after this story came out. Not to say that she would have anything. I'm just saying if she did, it's pretty obvious what the move should be when 
you're going to attack somebody. You got to make sure you can't live in a glass house when you're throwing stones. 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in or hit us up on app chat on the WBSM app. And uh, and as I said, you know, we will talk about this more with Jack Spillane because the election is tomorrow and you have to get out and vote. The weather is going to be a little crappy tomorrow, but it's not going to be impossible to get out there. In fact, the weather is supposed to change over to rain by the afternoon, at least from the reports that I've seen. So you might have to wait till a little bit later on in the afternoon to get out. But it shouldn't affect you from being able to get down to the polling location, which uh, I will mention before the end of the hour. Thanks to Nana and Rochester who sent them over the other day, but Let's uh, take a phone call here. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. This is Sean Iowa. Hello, Sean. Hey there. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. Just just had a little echo. Okay. Hold on. Let me. I think the, the radio still might be on. Can you hear me now, Tim? Yes. You sound good. All right. Great. Good morning. How are you? Good. What's on your mind, Sean? Oh, very much. I, first off, um, I. I I want to say that uh, in a, in a uh, article I um, I did say that uh, I did not mean for anything to be uh, hurtful or um, or to attack any particular groups. You know, I, when I started this, I started this with 100% transparency um, as a regular citizen of the the city. I never, I didn't have any. Uh, campaign team or groups to scrub my 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 stuff or to really guide me through this. This has just been one man's want for better for New Bedford, mm-hmm. um, and that's and that's what it's been throughout. It's me knocking on doors. It's me making phone calls. It's me trying to bring back a sense of community where we can be friends with a touch of a button now, and we're not. And. It, it is about bringing groups together, um, but at the end of the day, things come across my Facebook. I like them, I share them, um, and like I said, I don't. Though, though some in, um, you know, off-color um, jokes. This is not, you know, a me targeting any any groups or anything like that. This seems to be more of a cherry-picked, um, select few things that. Um, though, like again, maybe off color, um, strategically dropped. Um, well, there's there's, a few there's days before the election. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. It's definitely strategic. But to say that it's cherry picked, I think is it, it, it's kind of washing it over. It it doesn't matter if it's cherry picked. You still put something up that that certain groups find offensive. So it doesn't matter if you know you had things that other groups found offensive as well. But the the problem is that there are groups and people that you will be representing if you are elected who found this offensive. And so the question becomes: Should they have any concern that you might represent them differently if you are the one that is chosen tomorrow well i i mean i personally can say that they wouldn't have any concern but obviously that's that's me i'm biased in that um and i i accept everybody's opinion um and anybody who knows me unfortunately all the voters in war three don't don't know me yet the ones that have had the pleasure of meeting me at the doors because i'm the one doing it no big teams no huge money into my account and no no coalitions behind me saying you know you should do this or, or cherry picking me to run for this guy. Just, again, like I said, 
a concerned citizen who's, who's had enough. Um, you know, it, it's it's just um, like I said, it, it was it was off color, and and I don't think that I can. Um, those are not views I bring to the city council chambers. Now we have, you know, that's the whole idea of everything is bringing different people together. You know, and if you want to a, a non-transparent person who's locked themselves out publicly from Facebook, which you could say is a smart move, obviously campaign-wise, and this, that, and the third. You know, when you're running for office, yes, this should be some things that are done. But um, you know, who are you really getting? We really don't know because they've closed themselves off. Um, I've been transparent since day one. I continue to be transparent as I'm currently knocking doors today, and that's something that I can that I can say that you're going to get from me if elected into city hall. All right, but you do you do want to express that you meant no no offense well, in this. I, I, and... expressed that, I expressed that before you guys even picked this up in a, in a Frank Mullen um, post from I believe I don't know if it's on the light or South Coast or whatever it is. Yeah, that was uh, um, the Standard Time South Coast today. Right. right. So they, it, he was actually one of the first to reach out to me, and none of this was meant to be hurtful. None of this was meant to you know berate anybody or to put anybody down. Um, like I said, it was, it was really things come across Facebook. I share them, you know, and again, you know, it was, it was not something that, uh, is like a soapbox that I'm standing on saying, so, you know, so what you're saying is that these, these may be representative of the views that you have, but that you won't let those views affect the way that you do the job. Well, I mean, it's not so much the, the, the views. I think that some, some of the off color, um, it was, you know, tasteless at best, um, because I, I, you, you mentioned the Laplace, um, Wendy, the bartender doesn't know this, but I've been there multiple times and, and she's, she's served me. So, um, it's, it doesn't stop me from, you know, it's one of the only places left in the city that you can go out and dance. And many times I've been the only one out on the dance floor. So these are not, you know, things that would impede me from, um, serving the people in the city because I, I, we do have different views. We do have different backgrounds. Um, and, and that's what makes New Bedford, you know, not different, but, you know, because wherever you go, it's the same. You know, everybody comes from different backgrounds and different views and stuff, but it's the ability to work together. And I feel that that's something that I've been able to do over my lifetime and something that I can continue to do if elected into our city hall. All right. Well, I thank you for calling in and for, for clearing that up, and uh, I wish you luck tomorrow. All right, thanks, Tim. You guys have a great day. Let's get those numbers up despite the weather, guys, huh? Yeah, most important, more than anything, no matter who you're voting for, get out there and vote, absolutely. All right, Tim, thank you. All right, talk to you later. And uh, that is Sean Oliver and addressing those comments. So, I mean, that gives me a little bit better feeling about it, that he is, and I know I saw the line in the Frank Mulligan piece, I just didn't feel like that was, you know, explaining it enough. This conversation, I think, explained it enough. And to hear from his own words for him to say, you know, this isn't necessarily how I feel, and it's certainly not going to affect me uh, representing everybody. So that's the key. That's what people want to know. Will this be, and granted, you're not going to satisfy everybody with those answers, but I think that you have, uh, at least I, I detect some remorse in those comments being posted, and, and hopefully it means that anybody listening to this will be a little bit more cautious in what they Post not about will this post get me in trouble, but think more about if I post this, how will people that see this, people that I know or people that 
I don't know that might see it at a later point. How will they take this? You know, I try to be careful in the things that I post. In fact, you know, most of the stuff that I posted about conservatives uh, over the last couple of years have led to arguments and to fights. So I said, you know, I'm just not even going to post it anymore because people aren't even getting the joke, even when the joke isn't mean spirited. So I just kind of walked away from it. And now I just post all kinds of pictures of food because I'm just trying to tick off that one caller. All right, I got to take a break, but we'll be back in a few moments. The local talk rolls on all from the sky over the next 24 hours or so. A storm is a coming and you're going to feel it if you've got drafty doors or windows. Well, if you do, you want to reach out to Precision Window and Kitchen in New Bedford because they're big enough to handle the biggest jobs. They can replace every window. They can replace your entry door. They can even do a full kitchen or bathroom model. But what's great about Precision Window and Kitchen is that they'll also do the small jobs that other guys won't. And not only will they do them, they'll do them the right way. If it's a broken paint a glass or a rip screen or anything like that, maybe uh, reframe, uh, you know, reinsulating around the door. They'll do all of that. They'll come to your place. They will take what needs to be repaired. They'll bring it back to the shop if they need to, and then they'll come back and they'll make sure that it's inserted correctly back in there. So you don't have to worry about them repairing the screen and then you end up punching a hole in it when you're trying to put it back into the window. They take care of all of that for you. They've seen it all in their 35 years, over 35 years of experience. So again, you don't need a big job to get the attention of Precision Window and Kitchen. They will do the small jobs too. If you reach out to them, they will get back to you. And you can do that by stopping by their showroom at one, I'm sorry, 1111 Acushion Avenue. All those ones, they get me going. 1111 Acushion Avenue in New Bedford or call them at 508-990-3576 or visit them at precisionwindowandkitchen.com. Take to the news and then we'll be turning on the light with Jack Spillane. But caller, what's on your mind? Hey, how's it going? I've got two minutes. That's enough for me to say what i got to say, I think. Sure. Uh, it's kind of, I think it's a little hypocritical. I mean, I, I feel awful for the guy. I don't know either party running for, for War 3, but I kind of feel bad that, uh, you know, they, 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 they're throwing this stuff at them. And meanwhile, they're very hypocritical. And we have people in office that were fired for alleged sexual harassment, and they haven't said anything, haven't called them out, asked them to step down or, or explain uh, what happened. And, and they're going to sit here and try and ruin this guy's chances and, and besmirge him. And, and he's a family. He seems to be like a family guy that, 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 that works very hard for everything that he has. And, uh, you know, it's very hypocritical and shame on them for using their position uh, and they, they happen to be supporting uh, one of the candidates, you know, kind of fishy to me. But I, I, I personally uh, I think it was all calculated uh, by certain individuals. I'm not going to name them. But unfortunately, this is what we have in New Bedford. And I just hope people, I think they're smarter than that. And I don't think they're going to fall for it. And uh, vote your conscience. That's all i got to say. All right. Thank you for the call. Um, I will say that I think that it is, um, it's kind of weird that people are, suddenly surprised by a group with political intentions would want to have somebody that would run that aligns with their political beliefs and then they would want to do things to support that